Welcome to Elite Rugby SNC Podcast, the best podcast talking all things rugby and strength and conditioning. At Elite Rugby SNC, we provide athletes with strength and conditioning programs that provides you with everything you need to become a beast and take your game to the next level. No matter what stage of the year or season, Elite Rugby SNC has a program for you. You can try before you buy, so try our seven-day, seven-dollar trial to get a taste of what we offer here at Elite Rugby SNC. Also, sign up to our newsletter and receive free bonus content each and every single week. So take your game to the next level, become a beast, and join Elite Rugby SNC today. Today on the podcast, Wallaroos and Brumbies powerhouse back rower and lock Grace Kemp joins me for a chat. Grace made her debut for the Brumbies in 2019 and also made her debut for the Wallaroos in 2022 against Canada. At 21 years of age, Grace has a massive future ahead of her in rugby, so keep an eye out for this young superstar. On this episode, we talk about the Women's Rugby World Cup. We talk about playing different positions and being a utility in the forward pack. We talk about how the Wallaroos can improve for the next World Cup. Grace talks about overcoming injury. Grace talks about all the hard work she did to put herself in the best possible position to play Super Rugby and International Rugby. And of course, we talk about strength and conditioning. This was a fantastic episode, and I just want to say thanks to Grace for joining me today. So good day, Grace. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm going really well today. Thank you. So thanks for joining me today. Um, how is the body traveling after the big year of rugby? Um, I have to say I came back from the World Cup a bit sore, a bit broken. Um, but at the moment, I'm feeling pretty pretty good, pretty fit, healthy, um, straight back into pre-season at Brumbies. Uh, so, yeah, feeling pretty good. Um, at the moment, not as conditioned as I was, <laughs> but... Um, it's nice to have a bit of a break when we're back and slowly get back into it. Awesome. How long of a break did you have between World Cup and pre-season training? I had a week and a bit. Um, still did some, some gym, some light gym and some light running. Um, but yeah, I had a bit of a, I went home to Harden for a week and then I came back and started doing a bit of running and gym and just keeping up on, I didn't want to lose everything that I whilst I was away. Mm, no, that's fair enough. How is pre-season training going at the moment? What's your, your current split um, at pre-season between gym and field? Um, we're gymming about three sessions a week. Um, we've got two skills sessions. Um, Monday we're at just like with the Canberra group here in at HQ um, and then like a small skills session after gym on a Friday morning and then Wednesday afternoon, we come together as a whole squad at HQ. All the Sydney girls and um, all the girls from out west come in and we all train together on a Wednesday night, which is oh, That's awesome. So before we get into like, you know, more of the, the nitty-gritty questions, growing up as a young girl, what sports did you play and how did you end up playing rugby? I gave every sport a good crack. Um, I'm from a small town called Harden and... I guess sports really big in in Harden and there's league and there was cricket and tennis and swimming and so I gave everything a a good crack and um, played rugby when I was in under fives 
um, watch, grow up watching dad play for the Harden Red Devils. Um, so I became a junior with them. And then I think I was about seven or eight and mum kept me in under sevens for a few extra years than I was meant um, But, yeah, after that I got into soccer. Um, she didn't want me playing contact with the boys, so started a bit of soccer and then found a love for basketball when I was in year five, six. Um, played that all the way up until year 10 where I found um, rugby again. Um, women started back up in Harden um, for the first time ever and I was, I think, 16 playing with Opens Women's and it was, it was like a great experience, great bit of country footy and, yeah, my love for it really grew from there and I've been playing ever since. That's awesome. So if you weren't playing rugby, do you think basketball would you be, be your main sport or would be something else? I don't know. I was pretty unco. Um, <laughs> I just got frozen because of my height. Uh, but I don't know. I think if I really knuckled down, I'd be playing basketball. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I can't see myself playing anything other than rugby. Okay, that's good. At least you, you picked a good sport to, um, you know, specialize in and it's definitely worked out. Yeah. Hundred percent. Mm. So, twenty twenty two was a massive year of rugby for you. Um, you had the women's World Cup. What was it like playing at a World Cup, and how did you find the experience and the level of competition over there in New Zealand? It was um, it was next level. Um, I didn't really expect it to be like that. I guess like playing footy in Canberra and like you play test matches, and they're nothing to that level of what the Red Roses are or. Black Ferns really came out firing in a different, a whole different side. So I guess test matches were amazing this year, but going into that World Cup was something totally different and it was such an amazing environment. Um, I spoke to Cookie Burrows a bit before I went and she, she gave me some good tips um, to take into the World Cup just about like swapping kit, getting to know other teams and um, it was it was next level and to be able to be a part of that and to be a part of, I guess, the New Zealand culture of rugby, um, yeah, it was amazing and totally stoked for the opportunity. It was it was unreal, yeah. Mm, that's awesome. How far away do you think the Wallaroos are in winning a World Cup? Do you think the level of competition is between you and New Zealand and, say, us and New Zealand and then us and England? Is, is that far away, do you think, or is it um, – closer than we think I reckon it's super close like you look at that first half of our first world cup game against black ferns at Eden Park and we really had them under the belt there for a while and I guess they just they had like they had a really great halftime chat and they really lifted their game and we got put under pressure quite a bit just with a few few yellow cards and whatnot but like you look at the level of footy we were playing and they were playing and I was just amazed, like sitting on that sideline waiting to go on. I was like, this is the best bit of footy I've ever seen. Like it was all the black the black jerseys and the crowd went quiet and it was amazing. Like I got goosebumps watching. Mm. No, that's cool. Yeah, it definitely seems like you, we're, like we're not that far away, the Wallaroos. It just needs to... Uh, the the easiest option is to become a full or not easy option but the main option is to become a full-time athlete you know that would be the easiest way to get you there to best prepare you for the world cup um 
what else sort of needs to be improved and, and built upon towards that next uh, World Cup, um, in your opinion? Um, definitely coming out of this World Cup, like training as a full-time athlete was amazing. Like I loved every single minute of it and just focusing on on footy or focusing on like I had time where I'd have to study whilst I was away and just having those two focuses were next level. Like I was able to focus on my um, like recovery after training and fueling my body properly and being around girls so we could study the plays more and just being in that rugby environment. I feel like the more we're in that environment, the better we can become and the more we can connect on and off the field. And that's super important. And I feel like the more we were away together, the more connected we became. Mm. It definitely showed because that first half against the, the Black Ferns was awesome. Unfortunately, we fell off towards the back end and then each game slowly getting better and then putting an 80 minute performance in. And yeah, it was, it was just, it's just showing that if you stay together a bit longer, learn each other's stories and, and connect to each other, you become a better team. If you become a better team, you're going to be better out there on the field. 100%. Yeah. Mm, all righty. Next World Cup, we're coming, we're coming for it. Yeah. So in those World Cup matches, you weren't just playing number eight, though. You were playing lock. Is yeah. this, do you think this is um, something that's going to happen more often? And which positions do you sort of um, like playing more? Do you like playing eight, six, or do you prefer playing lock a bit more? Um, I was super lucky to be able to pick up that jersey and I guess pull on the green and gold in a position that was new kind of to me. I had played a bit of lock um, during Super W season um, in that first game against Tars. Um, jumping was a whole new role to me. Uh, being in those lineouts, listening to the calls, thinking about what I needed to do next. Um, I was super lucky to have Mac. Um, I guess as my mentor and I had people like M Chance and Grace Hamilton to tell me to get up off the ground and fold around that corner and I appreciated them so much because I felt like I was in a new role and I didn't want to let other people down sort of thing, especially at a World Cup. Um, but, yeah, like I was super excited to get that opportunity. Um, like my heart broke for Tussie after she did her ankle at training Um but we all supported her and we all got around her. But to be able to get that opportunity and to learn from her and to watch her clips and how she dominated the field in her role and to be able to kind of take my own lead on that and put what I my strengths are onto that field when I went on, I was I got like goosebumps going onto that field and to be able to have all the girls around me to support me was super special. Um, but, yeah, like... I don't know, five's so different to playing eight. I guess I get to run a bit more at eight and I don't have to, like, fold around the corner as much and my my roles are really set. But in lock, it's a whole different... Whole, um, but, yeah, my favourite position is definitely eight, but I'd play anywhere just to play a bit of footy. That's awesome. How did your ears feel after um, scrummaging? Did you just be like, nah, get, get get me out of here, I want to go back to number eight? I picked up my first ever cauliflower ear. <laughs> it was small, but it was it was noticeable. <laughs> it mm. wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something I just 
never wanted to do you know just get that that rubbing from the hips on that ear i was pretty fortunate being in the front row that i didn't get the cauliflower ears headgear worked for me i feel like wearing headgear stopped that rubbing so maybe that's something that you get into is just having a bit of ear protection to to not get those cauliflower ears i wore headgear in training and i would never wear it in a game yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah nah it's all good there was Talking to, to Cam Holt on, on one of the episodes here, I never realized how much, um, you know, little detail comes into being a lock. You know, he was like, I, I'm setting up a certain way, but then on defensively, he's like, I'm looking for this cue to know where that person's going to jump and stuff. Did you start to pick that up along the way, um, being in that lock position a bit more? Yeah, like at eight, I stood on the edge there and I... I moved up as the locks in the middle moved up in defense or like I watched them fold around the corner as I sat on that edge and like you never understand why they fold or why they do a certain thing. But as soon as I stepped into that role, I watched Mac fold around the corner. So I folded around the corner. I had to hold because there were too many around the corner, but being in line outs and having to watch the trigger for the, or the trigger for the lift, like, all of those little things, like they're little details that can make a line out succeed or to absolutely break a line out. So I guess like big cues to them, like locks are great <laughs> in my yeah. opinion. It's, I had it's, it like, it's pretty hard. Yeah. It, mm. it was next level, but really loved the opportunity to learn line outs, I guess. Mm. Hadn't done them at eight, so to be able to get stuck right into the middle of them was was pretty cool. Mm. So moving forward for the, the Brumbies and the Wallaroos, do we consider you being a triple threat? You know, doesn't matter where you are, you just, you're just going to do the best job that you can? I'm learning every role at the moment just to, just to have options and just to, if something, I don't know, I guess it's great to just know every role. To be honest, like to help other people out on the field, or if injuries happen, you get chucked in there. And um, I'm just keen to play footy wherever it is. Um, it would be really nice to play at eight. I do love playing at eight just to run the ball. But I guess wherever I am on the field, I just want to play good footy. Mm, I think that's something players have to learn from a younger age, or e- even when they get into senior level, is just be open to playing any position. You're like, yeah, I like playing this position, you know, like sweet. You might be really, really good at it, but you don't know when the next opportunity is to, you know, get to the next level. And that was something of me was like, I saw that there was an opportunity playing at hooker, you know? So I was like, oh, I I better start practicing my throwing. And then towards the back end of my career, I got the opportunity to play more hooker because there just wasn't that many people around. So it just sounds like a similar boat to yourself was just like, well, I'm a number eight, but now I can play six and now I can play lock. So you can yeah. pick me in the team and I can go anywhere and I'll be that utility that you need in the forwards, which means you're going to get more game time. You're going to get more opportunity. So I think um, players out there, make sure that you can play multiple positions and you're, you're not just stuck to one position. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that's the big been the biggest thing for me is I didn't know that role going into the World Cup as much as what I wish I should have known it. Um, like it took a lot of studying whilst I was away to just really knuckle down and learn that role. But I guess if I – I knew the line-outs, but I didn't know them to an extent as a lock. 
and to know the triggers properly and to know all those roles that a lock needs to know. And so I was super grateful to have someone like Mac whilst we were away. She has all her notes written down and she jumped through the lineouts with me. Like we were roommates for two weeks and I really got to know the lineouts there from, from her. So I was pretty, pretty grateful for her. Nah, that's awesome. Shout out Mac Leonard. Yeah, <laughs> she's pretty cool. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, it seems like the Brumby system, you know, we have multiple players now who can just play lock uh, six and eight, like Tom Hooper is the exact same as well. You can pop him anywhere and he's just going to play that position. So it seems like it's a Brumbies thing. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like you just got to be able to be versatile in wherever you play on the field, I guess. I don't think I'll ever get a, a role at playing nine, um, but super keen to just, I don't know. Chuck me on the wing. <laughs> yeah, just, just just don't get put into the front row. It's not that fun. I nearly did when I was in schoolgirls, but I didn't. Mm, it's a good choice. Maybe maybe towards the end of my career. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you start getting slow, you know, it's a good way to just go into the front row so you're not yeah. expected to be fast and, and, and all that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're not playing rugby, working or studying, what do you like to do in your spare time? Is there a certain TV show that like you like to do? You know, you like to play with your dog there that um, is featured in the, in the in the video here or what What do you like to do in your spare time? Um, I love going home to Harden. Um, well, I'm from a property out there um, just on the outskirts of Harden and I guess I love just going home and being around family and my favourite show at the moment is Yellowstone. Yep. Um, but yeah, I guess just being home with family and I don't really get to see much of them during season. Um, and I didn't really get to see much of them this year, especially traveling a lot and juggling uni and work. Um, but yeah, I guess times when I can go home, I definitely just go home for as long as I can still train out there, but just go home and reset. Awesome. Do you have like a Yellowstone outfit that you like to wear when you go back to the country? I can't say I do, um, but I just wear footy shorts, footy shorts <laughs> and a flanny. That's <laughs> that's my go-to. Easy, don't we? You, you might need to get a hat like um, like them on Yellowstone, you know? I need like an Akubra just to mm. match the look, I reckon. No, it's a good show. I definitely have to get back into it. I, I stopped like halfway through season three because I was, I think I was watching House of Dragons. So definitely have to get back into it. Yeah, I think you need to. I'm only up to season two. I'm a bit on and off with it, but I'm actually starting to get more into it. <laughs> mm, it's really good. It's it's really addictive and it's a, it's a good story and um, it's a good acting and you're always thinking like what's going to happen next. And being a Game of Thrones fan, I'm like, is this person going to die or that person? Like I'm always trying to think like that, but um, it's definitely got some good twists in there um, in, in Yellowstone. Yeah, I'm enjoying it, but I just need to sit down and just watch it for a while, I think, just to really get into it. Mm, that's a good show. Uh, moving on from Yellowstone, because they don't pay any royalties to me, uh, mentioning them in the podcast. So over the last 12 months, you've taken a really massive step in your rugby career. Watching your game, you're more powerful, stronger, and fitter. How did you take that next step to becoming a better rugby athlete? Can you provide us with a bit of insight in that? Um. I guess I just really focused on my training, like coming out of school girls and doing super W for the last few years and 
COVID affecting the international series, I think I I can say I got a bit lazy. Um, and then this year I really focused on that World Cup goal and like I turned up to every session and I did extra running when I could and extra off-feet conditioning when I needed to do a bit of off-feet. Um, but, yeah, like I guess I looked back on my games and there were areas that I succeeded in and areas that I really needed to work on and I spoke to coaches about them and my biggest goal was to be more mobile on the field, um, be more strong, like more powerful in my running. Um, and, yeah, I was able to do that through extra conditioning programs and really just focusing on what I needed to do as an athlete and not what others were doing around me, I guess. Mm, that's awesome. Like, I think the hardest thing for some athletes is actually to get that feedback from coaches, you know, yeah. like you're like, why aren't they picking me for this? Or I, I want to make the next level. What do I have to do? Like just going to ask your coach, what can I do? And they'll tell you, you know, M most coaches will really be open and honest and say, this is what you need to do if you want to take your game to the next level and really be a beast out on that field. And it's great initiative what you did and it, yeah. it paid off, you know, that, that hard work has definitely paid off because um, this year in Super W was awesome to see you just being that dominant on the field. And then you got picked for the Wallaroos and you got yeah. to got to live out a dream and play at a World Cup, which is awesome. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was a massive tick off for all my hard work that I guess that I put in after that season of Super W. Um, I guess coming out of that season of Super W into the Pony Squad for Wallaroos and I guess missing those first block of test matches against Fiji and Japan. And I know I got, I got the opportunity to play for Barbarians where I was able to just let loose and play footy alongside other like talented athletes that were selected for it. Um, but I guess I took a lot away from not making those first selections and I guess I didn't see it as like a like I'm not good enough to be here. I saw it as a I've been given this opportunity and now I have an opportunity to work on the work-ons that I got from not making that squad. So, yeah, I just worked harder than, than others around me and I guess I had great people like the Canberra crew that I know backed each other, especially Bessie Tan and and Mac in that space. So I guess we all supported each other to get the job done and, like, the trainings were hard. Um, conditioning was next level, but we all got it done together and it was pretty special. Mm. It's good that they had another opportunity for you to show your skills because not getting selected for that Wallaroos or Wallabies, you know, you sometimes there's no games being played so it's hard yeah. to sort of keep your skills and keep your fitness and i think that's the good thing that we've we've also seen in the wallabies this year was having that australia 18. you know there was multiple players that got selected and then were, were starring in the in the spring tour or the autumn tour so it's just great to see yourself and um tanya you know didn't get picked in that initial wallaroo squad but then worked hard had an opportunity and then got picked for the world cup squad so just because you didn't get picked for that that first initial squad doesn't mean you're down and out. Use that as fuel to, you know, get into that team and prove a point as well. Yeah, 100%. And, like, and like with those, like, Aussie A tours, and I was lucky enough to go back on one in 2019 whilst I was in year 12, and I guess that really set the bar for me in where I wanted to be in the next few years with rugby. And, and I was around girls like Sammy Wood and a few other Canberra girls that went and 
I've just looked back on it from then and rugby's grown so much for women's in Australia since then and to be able to have barbarians is super special, as you said. Yeah, that's awesome. So is the, you know, the fire still burning for that next World Cup? Like are you just going to work your ass off the next sort of three, four years to get to, get to that next one? A hundred percent. I cut clips from the last two games at the World Cup and um, I have to ask for feedback. Um, Scotty's now our Brumbies coach. So I, I need to sit down with him and go over what I need to focus on for these next next up here, upcoming trial matches for Brumbies and then what I can do to, to make the next squads for the Wallaroos. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that was my first World Cup and I'm hoping it won't be my last just because I love the experience and I love the level of footy. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just another another barter set. And even though I made that World Cup squad, there's another one coming and there's another one after that. So it just keeps going, I guess. Yeah. I, th- I think the exciting thing for the Wallaroos is you are a young squad. There, there has been a couple of Wallaroos who have retired the last two days, but yeah. there's some young um, talent in that team. So it's going to be really exciting to see how this talent develops and, you know, get better at your skills. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get faster. And when that next World Cup comes along, I think it's going to be really exciting times. Yeah. And hopefully we will be together as a squad more and be around each other, learn how each other play, what our strengths are, what we can work on, and we can just take out that next World Cup or the one after that on home home soil. So right. both super special World Cups, I guess, um, with the way women's rugby is going. Um, but, yeah, just super keen to, to rip in and aim for those next two. Mm, no, that's awesome. So how has strength and conditioning helped you p- to perform on the elite level and what have you learnt over the years being in an SNC program? Um, strength and conditioning has absolutely transformed me into I was a good ball runner in school girls to being stronger in my ball carrying, fitter around the field, being able to be that 80-minute player that I that I aim to be. Um, but, yeah, like I, I aim to go to the gym as much as I can and just do extras or do extra rehab or like constantly being there just to work on weaknesses that I have. Um, like I have weak knees and I guess S&C have absolutely built my legs up to be stronger um, and to be able to withstand getting tackled heaps and scrums and like you look at rugby and there's so many aspects of it that need need you to be as fit as you can but also as strong as you can in your joint areas, especially as a forward. Um, so, yeah, SNC has absolutely, I guess, transformed me into an athlete from when I was before I was a, a player. Mm, I, I like that term, yeah. You're, you're a player and then once you learn how to become an athlete, like it's, it's, it's just yeah. o- opens up a whole new world for you and you – you know, you, do, you just go out there on the field and you're like, wow, I can actually, like you said, last the whole 80 minutes. I'm not getting too puffed at halftime and I'm finding contact a bit easier because I'm stronger and I can take that contact. And then, you know, just saving your joints as well. Uh, unfortunately, there's heaps of injuries, which you did have a knee injury, was it in 2019 or 2018? Yeah, I had um, I had really bad bursitis in my right knee. Um, I had it drained 
um, I think it was more than 13 times um, just in one year and it absolutely ruined my bursa. So I went to Fiji, got infected and came back and I had to take it out. So that set me back quite a bit. Um, I missed a whole Super W season just because it wasn't healing right. Um, but, yeah, at the time, like, I I was absolutely gutted to be missing that season, but I wasn't I wasn't as fit as what I should have been to go into that season to play after I had that surgery. So I guess looking back on it, it's probably the best thing that I did miss that season just so I could strengthen up and, and I guess, come back stronger than what I was. Mm. Sometimes we, we do have to take those those setbacks, unfortunately, to make us appreciate the game that we love, but also make sure that we understand what's my current routine. Am I actually putting things in place to help me best perform out there on the field and out there on the training paddock as well? So unfortunately, yeah, you had a bad time there, but it's it, it's all in the past now because it, it was a learning lesson for you. And yeah, if you didn't learn that, who knows if you make the, the Wallaroo squad and, and be um, that dominant force out in the field. So, uh, yeah, you just, just got to take the good good and the bad, really. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So when you're uh, getting ready for a game, what type of music do you like to listen to? Is it sort of pump up? Is it sort of pop, country? Like what's getting you hyped and ready to, uh, to go out there and perform? I actually have a, a really weird mix. Um, I have country mixed with one four it's really weird but it gets me super pumped up for a game I guess that mix of like slow country music with like absolutely banging one four music kind of levels me and then it gets me like absolutely excited for the game so that's my go-to um but at Aussies you get your phone taken off you after you get off the bus so I'm listening to music on that bus, but as soon as we get there, it's um, – I think Adiana usually has the playlist, so it's usually Addie's music we listen to before a game, so whatever she's playing, I guess, gets me pumped up for the game. Was that just a, a team rule to say that you uh, take your phone off so you're not distracted or anything or something like that? Um, I think it was around the the betting side of it and the that sort of stuff, but, yeah. It was pretty good to have that distraction taken away, but I missed my music. Yeah, no no cheeky sm- uh, sports bet before the game, eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So how do the Brumbies improve this year in the Super W season? What are the key areas that are the team focusing on and what are some areas that you're focusing on as well? Um, some key areas that I our team's focusing on, I guess we're coming out at a whole different style of footy from what we have played. Um, we've got some new players from Sydney bringing a whole different style of footy from Sydney, I guess, um, into the squad. Um, we have a lot of strengths, um, a lot of pow- powerful ball runners and some dominant backs. So I guess I think we're looking at playing more of like a a ball carry game and that's super exciting, especially from my point of view um, as it's, it's my main main focus, not my main focus, but one of my focuses on the field is to really carry that ball hard and, and make those gain meters. Um, but, yeah, that's – our main focus is just to connect as well. I feel like last year we came together so quickly and the season ended so quickly, but I guess our main focus is to connect and to learn each other's strengths and 
work on our weaknesses together as a team. Mm. Uh, but yeah. I think, yeah, connecting as, as a playing group is so vital to performance because if you just know that person better, then I, it's, it, it's hard to explain. It's just like you, you'll do anything for that person out on the field. And if you're a stronger team, you just know each other. Um, and you can sort of start to anticipate sort of people's moves and understand where, I, where you need to be out on the field. So yeah. if you can have a better team and that cohesiveness, like it's, it goes such a long way. Um, and especially when times do get tough, like you'll really come together as a team and get through it. And then you'll, just start putting the good performances out there on the field. Yeah, hundred percent. And I guess, like we have gone through through some tough times at training, and there have been times where we've broken as a team already. And it's great to be able to find ways to fix that so early on in the season. So mm -hmm. I feel like, come time to trial matches and stuff, like we'll be able to connect better and have better um, like gamesmanship out on that field just because we've worked so hard to become that group. Yeah, 100%. And I'm re really keen to see how the, the Brumbies go this year in the Super W season because it just seems like we need to get over that hump of just beating Queensland and New South Wales once to just get that belief because yeah. five years ago, the teams were, were dominating Queensland and New South Wales, you know, and then it got to a point with, with the Super W um, that we just sort of started to take that step back. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how we go against those two teams and if we can sort of get over that hump and really get that belief that we yeah. can beat those teams and that we, we can win that competition as well. Yeah, that's 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 a big focus this year. So pretty pretty keen to see how we go. Mm. Unfortunately, everyone, I am biased to the Brumbies. So I'm a Brumbies fan through and through. So um definitely respect all, all the other teams out there in the super uh, super w and super rugby but um i'll, I'll always meet me and ben will always back the the brumbies hi everyone we just wanted to take a break from this episode we hope you're enjoying this episode so far and also all the content we have produced we appreciate all the support from our listeners and followers so far if you haven't already sign up to elite rugby snc newsletter today we provide you free exclusive content each and every single week to our subscribers. Link in the bio. Remember to like, subscribe and share Elite Rugby SNC on social media to all your friends and families. So thanks again for your support and now back to the episode. So how do you become a successful back rower in rugby? What are the key attributes and skills needed in this position if we haven't already talked about it? I guess one of my big focuses from from Scotty and to be able to work under Scotty, um, he's a really, I guess, talented back rower himself and he had a, a massive career and um, a super successful career as well. Um, he's really helped me with controlling the ball at the back of the scrum, something I never really realised coming out of schoolgirls and out of club. The ball, like the hook is that powerful, they can kick the ball out and you've got to control it at the back there. So I guess being able to control the ball when it spits out or being able to offload um, through contact um, and late footwork into contact. Those were my big, my big work on them. Like as a back rower out on that edge with that, with that winger, like you need to create something for them as well. So I guess, yeah, those were my big back row work on. Mm, I, I like that because it's not just being a big, 
ball carrier, you know, and just doing yeah. that and then just going chilling out on the blind side, getting your breath back. It's it's like you said, it's controlling that ball at the back, which you probably got um, from your soccer skills. So shout out to yeah. mum making you play soccer when you were younger. Shout out, Kirsty. Thank you. <laughs> and then that, that late footwork, I love that. I think the best back rowers that you see today have that, that late footwork. And it doesn't matter if you're watching the men's or women's game, the, the best players have that footwork. Like Grace Hamilton is, is a devastating ball runner and she's got some really good footwork. If you're looking at Rob Valentini, as well he's got excellent footwork i think pete samu is another one that comes to mind that late footwork and then um arty severe like just that yeah. late footwork he is he's devastating like he does that and then he would just pump those legs for the next 50 meters and go score a try like it's just ridiculous so i love how those those little skill attributes um that you mentioned because those those are the things that coaches are looking at and and that's how you get to the next level really doing those um those little things yeah, and that's also like it's always something that I watch if I do it when I rewatch our training sessions and like there'll be moments where I could have done it and I didn't. So I always clip those clips and try and work on it at the next training session. So I think that's super important. Mm, 100%. And probably some of those things that back rowers just don't really think about is controlling the ball at the back of the scrum. So if you're the number eight or number seven, number six, and you get thrown in that position, you need to be ready. So definitely practice yeah. that at training. Yeah, 100%. Always be ready. Always be ready. So if you go and have a cheat meal or a treat yourself meal, what is your go-to meal and why is it your go-to meal? As a rugby player, I have two. Um, I have a sweet and a savoury. So my go-to savoury is... A bear Betty at Betty's Burgers. I'm a celiac, and having that as an option, oh, it's just so good. Especially after footy, I think is a it's my definite definite go to. Um, and then eighty twenty on a Sunday morning um, with the gluten free French toast. Okay, there we it go. Unreal. Sounds like some good options there. Yeah, Canberra options. <laughs> Yep, Canberra options because uh, Tanya did mention last podcast uh, Kingsley's, which she did have to explain because, again, it's just a Canberra thing, Kingsley's. Yeah. yeah, it is a Canberra thing. Actually, Tony bought us Kingsley's last on, on our first Wednesday training after training. He brought it for all the girls for a dinner after training and no one, none of the Sydney girls knew what Kingsley's was. <laughs> You'll, you'll have to go out. Um, someone's probably got to take them to Goodberries as well. Another Canberra yeah. thing as well. It's uh, frozen um, custard to anyone who's listening. You know, frozen custard. It might sound weird, but it's, it's extremely yummy. It's so good. It's addictive. Mm, just don't have too much. You'll have to do extra conditioning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the one of my favorite segments, the Triple H. So it's just asking three questions. The first one is a hardship. Second one's a hero. And the third one's a highlight. So first one, hardship. Can you think of a hardship in your rugby career that sort of stands out? And how did you get through this hardship? And what did you learn as well? I guess as a young athlete, having an injury like I did with my knee, um, I guess I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Like I didn't know if I should be training still or what I should be doing whilst I'm not training or playing or, and I like looking back on it, I really should have just been around my team 
and supported them. But instead I, like I sat out and I sat near the physios and I didn't really step foot on the field and where I should have been out immersing myself into that group and I guess carrying water out and, and watching the plays and learning from the group around me. I guess being in an injured rehab group, you never really know what to do. Um, so, yeah, I guess I learned a lot from that. And I look at like players like Shelley Millwood. She's been out injured quite a bit and and she still turned up and she helped out with line outs and really got around the girls and, and supported us when we were doing our, our conditioning and bring water out. And like I learned a lot of her. So I guess just getting around the girls and seeing how they do things when they're injured or, or how you can help the girls around you. And yeah, like that's, that's what I learned through a, I guess a hardship of mine. Mm, uh, I love that. And again, it's, it's probably something not mentioned, you know, when I yeah. do get injured, what do I do? You know, and there's still plenty you can do. Obviously it depends on the injury, but if it's a lower body injury, you can still heaps, do heaps of passing, you know, you, you can do all that. And if it's a lower body, in, uh, upper body injury, again, depending on what it is, you can still do quite a few things. And just being around the group, if it's line outs, go there, learn the calls more, challenge um, players to do certain things and um, just be the best teammate you can, you know, bring the water out, doing, doing your extras right next to where your teammates are so that they know you're still working really, really hard to get back into this team as well. So. I think that's a great learning um, that you have had. And, um, yeah, thanks thanks for mentioning it. It's awesome. Thank you. So the next one, hero. Who is your hero and why is this person your hero? I actually got asked this question at camp and I, I have a few in my life, but um, I guess growing up as an Indigenous um, player through the Indigenous pathways of Lloyd McDermott and and being able to be part of the Dreamtime program um, when they were running it through Rugby Australia for sevens. Um, I learnt a lot about my culture and through rugby, I like my culture through rugby. Um, and Nikki Muller, um, she, she was my coach at the time and I guess I don't look Indigenous when you look at me like I've got super pain and um, red hair and I was super, super nervous to go into that camp, um, National Sevens, Youth Sevens up in Brisbane. Um, I played for Lloyd McDermott that year and I was just so terrified to go into that camp because I didn't look Indigenous and I guess you don't have to look a certain way just to be, I guess, your culture to show um, and she really taught me that and being at that camp, I learned so much about my culture and the girls accepted me, I guess, for for who I was. Um, and, yeah, that was super, super special to me and it left a massive mark for me on my rugby career um, and really showed me how far I want to go for, and to represent my culture. Like they all work so hard and and to be able to be, I guess, inspired by, by Muller um, to pave a path for those Indigenous youth um, coming into sport, no matter what sport it is, what level they're going into, I guess that's super, super important. Mm, that's awesome. I think rugby is doing a really good job in embracing the Indigenous culture because you've seen this year with the boomerang, you know, before the haka, like that was just yeah. awesome to see. Like 
those little things and then wearing the indigenous jersey it looks phenomenal f- phenomenal and it's awesome to see and then with the wallabies they had the um, national anthem um, part of it was using an, an indigenous language as well like just those little steps um brings the game you know but it just makes it better and it brings people more towards the game and i think if we can k- continue to do small things like that they, they go a long way yeah so like uh our wallaroo side um they wore the the um indigenous jersey and sung sang the um australian anthem in yugenbear language um when they versed japan at bond uni and i think they were the first ones to do it and just being there to to witness it and and to watch them learn and embrace our culture was super special like i don't think they realized how much it meant to the indigenous players around them that they were embracing our culture and and loving every minute of it and and taking time to learn it it was super special and and then yeah topping it off with um we formed the boomerang boomerang shape against the black ferns and having two indigenous players at the end of at the end of the line was super special as well Mm, yeah, it's awesome. Shout out to the Wallabies and Wallaroos, you know, set an example for all the other sports in Australia. And um, they, they definitely need to step up in that aspect. And it'll be, be really cool if, um, you know, one day that we do have, you know, like the New Zealand and South African uh, national anthem, we have half and half. I think the only challenge for that is deciding what language would we use in the Indigenous because there's, there's so many unique ones out there. I think that'd be yeah. the hardest part is just finalizing which one we, will we use and, and start to learn and embrace as well. Hundred percent. And then the last one, highlight. What is the highlight that sort of stands out the most in your rugby career? And I sort of have a good feeling that I know what it is. Would it be when I debuted or the? I was going to say debut or World Cup. Yeah, those two definitely. Um, but one that really. Or being on this podcast, who knows? Oh yeah, being on this podcast. <laughs> that too. Um, but yeah, I guess. When I made my debut, um, I'd been in a lot of um, non-23 sessions and um, I guess been around the squad and uh, it does get really hard when you're away for so long and you don't take the field. But, um, yeah, just being able to make my debut just after my 21st birthday in New Zealand um, in Whangarei was so special against Canada. Um in the absolute pouring rain, just like Canberra. Um, and being able to Arabella McKenzie set me up with an awesome ball and I was able to make make a break out of that and everything came down to that moment for me and I guess, yeah, that was my super special moment and getting my cap after that game. Um I did get drug tested. So it, it took me a good forty five minutes um in my drug test and then I had to my capping ceremony got pushed back, but yeah, being being presented my cap by David Cody um, in the change rooms, absolutely drenched. That that is my highlight. Yeah, that's pretty cool because you're like I was I performed so well that like damn is she on some juice or something like surely that's not natural and it is you know I performed that well because I put in the hard work. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah that drug test and then i've been drug tested nearly every 
Mm, fair enough. What what advice do you have for those people just you know missing out on the uh, on the match day selection, being that twenty fourth um, person? You know what what advice do you have for them to sort of you know keep grinding away and and, and keep working because y- your time will come. Um, I guess like you think the world's ending at that point, like everything you've worked so hard for, like you haven't made that game, but you're still there for a reason. Um, It's not like you've been cut out of the whole squad. It's just that you haven't made that playing group for that game. And I guess for me, like, it was like the world was ending for me. Um, But few tears. Um, But then I, you always get feedback. Um, No matter how lengthy the feedback is or, or how few work ons you have, you always have something to work off. Um, and there's always more training sessions for you to improve in. And I guess taking those work-ins into those training sessions is super important because coaches then see that you're trying to work on them and you can always ask them questions during training. This is my work on, like, what can I do to improve it? Or is this the right way to do it? Or learn off other players around you, I guess. That was that was something that I really took out of it. I learned off and then and Sarah Naguama, like she's an amazing athlete and and she made her, her debut this year after being in the squad for so long. But um, like claps for her, like she is an amazing athlete and she really stuck to it and so fit, so strong, so powerful, faster than some of the backs, like an amazing athlete. And I guess I learned a lot off her. Mm. And coaches are probably wanting to see how you respond to that you know missing out on selection as well because that might tell them are they actually ready to be an international player or be a super rugby player so just like you said you got to take those those feedbacks and and work on them and you got to respond in a way that's positive towards the team because at the end of the day it is a team sport don't just get too selfish and you know spit the dummy and all that like yeah go out and have a cry feel like shit but just remember there's some things i need to work on I need to do this to get into the team and I just got to make sure that I'm putting the team first as well. So I think that's some, some great advice that you got there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a lot of work on and I guess a lot of lessons learnt over this past year, especially with selections. Mm, that's awesome. So who would you say is the best teammate to room with and who is the worst teammate to room with? I want you to name names. It can be Brumbies and Wallaroos. Um, so coming out of this World Cup, all of my roommates – were Brumbies girls. Um, my best roommate had to be, I guess I have two. I have Mac and Bridie O'Gorman. So Mac was next level the best roommate I've ever had. Um, she helped me so much with my study um, for rugby and learning lineouts. And I guess we just had a routine after two weeks of being roomies and our room was always clean and it was great. Um and Bridie, yeah, Bridie's an amazing, amazing roomie. She has some good chats, some good laughs. Um, I think one night we turned the lights off and we laughed for about good a good hour before we went to sleep. Um, so, yeah, that was – she's one of the best ones to have. Um, I don't know. I don't really have a worst roomie. It might be Pessie just because she snores. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, you can't help the snoring sometimes. It just it just happens. Yeah. But just don't be the roommate 
um, of a teammate, you know, that smells or just doesn't pick up after themselves or has a messy room, just don't be that person. I think there are a few of them on tour. <laughs> I'm, glad but, you didn't, I'm glad you didn't get any of those. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to survive if I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm not good. <laughs> yeah. Personal hygiene, it goes a long way, everyone. It is. And it, just think about your roomie. Mm. Mm. So who should be my next guest on the podcast? Is there any names that come to mind? Uh, I'm going to say Mac Leonard, Leonard again. Um, she's over in the UK and I think, I know, guessing her, getting her experience of how she's going over there and how different the level of footy is over there, I think would be super, super interesting to, I guess, talk about and, and hear about. Um, but, yeah, or... Or Laurie Kramer, she's over there too. All righty. I'll, I'll definitely reach out to them and see when they're available. And if it's too hard to work out, we'll just wait till they come back to Australia and get that experience. But it, it's cool to see um, some of the Wallaroos girls um, and Super Rugby girls heading over there to experience that. And yeah. hopefully they can bring all that knowledge and, and bring it back to the Super W. And hopefully the Super W can take some notes on not just having a five-week season, having a 10-week you know, season, expanding the comp. And... Um, Definitely getting some more sponsorship as well. Yeah, 100%. Should be good. Mm. Excited for this season. Should be good. So where can listeners best find you on social media if they want to reach out? Um, I have Instagram. Um, that's that's my go-to. That's what I'm usually on. Um, Gracie, that's me. Um, but, yeah, that's where I'm at. Easy done. I'll pop that down in the, in the show notes so people can connect. But... Thank you so much, Grace, for joining me today. It's been awesome to learn more about your story and it's it's been an awesome 12 months and I'm really excited to see how you develop next year and the many, many more years to come um, as well for you. So thank you very much for joining me today. It's been awesome. Thanks so much, Kieran. And thanks for supporting women's rugby. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Elite Rugby SNC podcast. Remember to like, subscribe and rate Elite Rugby SNC on Spotify and YouTube and make sure you follow us on Instagram. Sign up to come a beast via the link in the description or via Instagram page. Also, remember to sign up to our newsletter to receive free bonus content each and every single week. So don't wait, make that good decision and join Elite Rugby SC today and take your game to the next level. Thanks for listening.